Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And on this episode, we're going to talk about some games of late. We're going to hit some news and maybe some Marvel stuff in there. And uh, Ryan, um, uh, we, we, what, do we, what do we got this week? It's the Mechanics series. And Norm, I love you. You love me. We're going to talk about cooperative games. Absolutely. <laughs> that was we did that together. <laughs> Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the US Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. Let's get into some games of late. And uh, Ryan, you might as well start off because it sounds like you had some fun with this one. Mm. Oh, nuts. <laughs> yeah, I hope we don't have to pay a licensing fee for Oh, that. my gosh. That's all I could think about playing this game. Uh, so it just came in just not too long ago, just before the weekend, and we've been playing a ton of it on the weekend. And what is this it? You is, haven't even said the title yet. I know, right? Uh, this is <laughs> Dollars to Donuts. Dollars to Donuts. And it's now it's published by Crafty Games, but we all know, Deep down inside, this is a flat-out games publication. And so designed by Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, Sean Stanwich. Like these, this, this, this trio, mm-hmm. this design trio is knocking it out of the park because of what they've been doing. Like Point Salad was a really was a fantastic yeah. game. Everything yeah. else that they've been publishing in there. So dollars to donuts. Let's talk about this. It's 30 to 45 minutes, ages eight plus. And I really like that eight plus category because mm-hmm. there's no language dependence in these games. And these are the ones that Regan really thrives in. Yeah. And dollars to donuts at its heart. It's a tile laying game and all the tiles are four squares by one. So they're kind of imagine the, the stick, the, the stick tiles. Yeah. And they all have, half donuts on them and what you're doing is you're laying them down on your player board and he oh here's an interesting thing too that they're allowed to hang off of yeah. the player board but only whatever matches in the play area you're mm. actually going to get stuff for yeah. but you're allowed to overhang them which is actually really really quite neat and there's two different types of ways you can match in this game you can actually have like a one-to-one match like a chocolate donut matching with a chocolate donut mm-hmm. And therefore you get a chocolate donut token, which is going to be worth victory points at the end of the game. Or if you have your half and half donuts, like your 
half sprinkled, half chocolate donut. And when those combine together, there's little dollar signs and you're going to get dollar tokens. And they're all shuffled in this bag. And they're just this one by one square where on one side it's a dollar. And on the other side, there's more half donuts or even I'm going to call them Timbits. <laughs> on the other side. Yeah. And these are what you're going to act. This is actually going to be your currency in order to buy these tiles to put under your player board because there's a market. Cool. It goes yeah. from zero to $5. And you kind of do this over and over again. You're going to buy these tiles, put them down, collect these tokens or collect money tokens. And there is um, customers that are going to be looking for certain types of donuts. And you can trade your donut point value tokens mm -hmm. onto these customers to kind of get a little bit better of a return on their point values. Cause I think they go like one, two, three points, but if you put them on these cards, they're actually worth more points. Yeah. Yeah. Like five, like, seven, 10. Yeah. Yeah. And then if there's not enough going on in this game already, they throw in a little <laughs> bit of a set collecting because uh -huh. the, the customers um, belong to certain companies. And as long okay. as you, and there's, like, there's a pink, I just know pink, green, and purple, I think are the yeah. company names or are the company colors. Yeah. And if you can collect a set of one of each, you get some bonus points at the oh, end of cool. the game. If you are the person that collects the most customers of a certain company, you get a you get bonus points. So you get some bonus points there. And then the donut hole tokens are worth points if you can pair them up. Mm -hmm. Lots of really cool things going on. It's tile laying. It's very, very simple. Uh, Regan's really latched onto it. He really likes the donut theme. And like, <laughs> well, who doesn't? Thing, who doesn't? Like, who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> and yeah, he just loves filling up the board, trying to find the matches. And I love it when he grabs a tile and he like, oh, this one doesn't work. Yeah, I was going to just ask you, are you watching him work out that spatial relationship kind of thing in his head? Yeah, it's 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 really it's really kind of neat. Cool. And you can see him; he's turning the tile, and he's like, oh, "Can I put this one back? It doesn't work." <laughs> Mulligan, <laughs> I want to redo. I was like, "Okay, yeah, here here's your dollar tokens back. Okay, which one do you want?" He's like, "I need that one." <laughs> well, you don't have enough dollar tokens to buy that one. He's like, oh. "Yeah, there you go. There's that yeah. euro feel. I'm a dollar away." <laughs> oh, right. And, and I've always find myself at that point. I spend my dollar tokens really fast. And I'm like, oh, man, I have to take the zero tile just to try yeah. to get some dollar tokens back yeah. so I can buy some tiles so I can get. Well, it's really good. It's got that flat out games charm. It's got the charm that yeah. these three, Molly, Robert and Sean, um, are putting into all of their well, other like all their other types of games that they have. I'm just looking at the 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 page and the artwork and the and the pictures and stuff like that, and it has such an approachability to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I also have part of that AEG Big Night game. Um, the the number ten, the game yes. ten, is also designed by this trio. Um, as well, which I'm going to probably talk about in a different episode because that's a really good one too. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they also did uh, Point Salad, another game that I'm not familiar with, and I missed out on it. We had the Gamers Garage Sale this past weekend, <laughs> and I saw somebody had a copy of Truffle Shuffle. Oh yeah, sale, that's the that, okay. And somebody snagged it, Zoinks. and I wanted it because it was this design team. 
of um, of Molly, Sean, and uh, Kevin. Oh, sorry, Robert. Okay. And I just want to consume everything that they're making. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you think you just hit it. It's just like when someone catches a a, a band that that does mm-hmm. it for their ear. You just you just want to go deep into their repertoire and and see if it's just not a fluke, and and then start to you know develop a relationship with this yeah, creative exactly. team. Exactly. You nailed it on the head. I'm exactly like that with bands. Yeah. Once I find that one, I'm like, okay, go on to iTunes. What else did they do? What else did, what they, else do? did they do? Download, yeah. download, download. Yeah. Yeah. I want to download everything that Molly, <laughs> Robert, and Sean are making because it has been fantastic. It's excellent. I highly recommend Dollars to Donuts as a tile laying, very semi-resource management type of game, but yeah, it's really good. Cool. Well, I even caught I even caught Regan setting it up on his own. Hey. I tried to teach he's trying to teach his brother. And his brother <laughs> just wanted to try to eat the first player marker, uh, which, uh, is a, uh, which is like a big wooden donut. Well, there you go. Well, at least I mean it's like uh like father like son, hey. Likes to oh, do yeah. the teach. Likes to do the teach. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. Dollars the donuts. Cool. Um I'm uh, see the one I'm talking about, I'm so fired up. Um, uh, because, uh, it's one of the, you know, when you find a game that kind of kicks out another game in your collection, mm. that's what's kind of going on. And I'm talking about mind management, the psychic espionage game. And this is designed by Jay Cormier and Senfun Lim, uh, fellow Canadians art. Now you got to talk about the art because it's based off the IP, um, and it's Matt Kint and I have never, um, read any of this material so as far as the ip goes um i'm disconnected um mm-hmm. as far as the artwork goes that's what drew me in in the first place i saw i think when they went on kickstarter i saw that that front box art shot and right away went what's this and mm-hmm. i was in mm-hmm. I, and then i started doing some research and reading it and of course um big fans of of uh, jay and sen with, uh, I mean, with their <laughs> list of, uh, of games, we've had them both on for the designer series. And um, uh, yeah, this, this game, well, let's get to the quick details. It's like uh, plays one to five. And I like it when I see that solo uh, uh, mode. Now this is weird because it's a hidden movement game and you think solo mode, hidden movement. They've got an app that's in development. Um, it's currently in the training mode. And when we're talking with Sen, they're going to start rolling out some campaign stuff. So I am just intrigued by that. Um, and it's published by Off the Page Games, which is a new endeavor for them, where they created a publishing company that focuses on um, uh, this, this kind of graphic novel IP stuff, thus Off the Page, right? Um, so this is, like I said, it's a hidden movement game. Um, it's a, uh, I mean, it's very much... It's very much the essence of all the hidden movement games, like uh, like uh, uh, White. I was going to say White Castle. No, White Chapel. <laughs> Harold um, and Kumar. Yeah, there's a throwback. Wait, that would be a great hidden movement game. They'd be going and eating the burgers, and you'd have to catch them. <laughs> no, no, a great hidden movement game would be Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but back to mind management. Geez, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. The, the, like Scotland Yard and this whole idea of you do move and then people are chasing you. But what is so intriguing with this is, again, I don't have 
the context of the understanding, the thematic relationship of the choices in the game to the to the to the IP itself, right? Um, but you have your standard. Uh, one person is being chased, and this person is the recruiter, and they're trying to go out and recruit uh, psychic, uh, um, you know, um, uh, individuals who are blipping on the radar, like you know, recruiters, recruits. Mm-hmm. Now the the four people chasing the recruiter um, are um, I forget what the the exact term is, but it's basically agents that have. Uh, left the the corporation and are now kind of rebels trying to go against the mind management corporation because they are they are the big brother bad person of this of this real this reality right um, so each of these persons uh, like every other you know good uh, hidden movement each individual has their own uh, powers and uh, they're very cool in regards to how they interact with the board. Um, before I get to the scaffolding thing, I just want to quickly uh, add one more twist to it, is that the recruiter also has these things uh, for individuals called, I think, the immortals. And you get to move them around, and they're kind of like blockers. If the immortal is on a certain space, then you can't do an arrest. You know, you can't do a, they don't use the term arrest, but, you know, you can't capture. That's it. Um, mm. So, but some of these individuals have powers where they can push these immortals out of the way and then do their thing. Right. So the, just in that base setup of uh, uh, mechanics on how you move about this terrain on the board, which is a big, uh, a big grid pattern. Um, I was intrigued. Now, as you're playing, like the games can go quick. I mean, they say, they say 45 to 75 minutes. If you suck as the recruiter, it could be 10 minutes, right? Um, But here's the cool thing is um, if you lose as the recruiter, you open up the recruiter one box, which gives you a little, you know, advantage, which kind of levels the playing field in the context of those people playing at the table. Now, all of a sudden, if the recruiter starts to, you know, the recruiter wins a game, then the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the rebels, if let's just use that term, uh, they open up, up their box. And this scaffolding system ratchets up to the point where you're unlocking all of these variables and variants and mods to the game. And that's when, remember when Sen was talking about how they're going, hey, let's add this, let's add that, let's add this. And they broke their playtesters' brains. Right? <laughs> yeah. So this was the solution was, okay, well, let's scaffold this um, deployment of all these extra little add-ons and NOS kits and, you know, use that engine um, uh, metaphor, all the, all the, you know, the, the things you can put onto this engine. Um, Wow. Yeah. This is definitely replaced every idea of hidden movement game I have because wow, this game is so much fun and I can't wait for the app to come out. Right. Yeah. That what what's what when he was talking about like the unlocking of the things in the game kind of progresses a little bit. That got me thinking about like what um zombie teens and zombie mm-hmm. kids kind of does when it kind of just adds a as you play the game just a little bit more. I really am enjoying games that are doing this. Like yeah. here, here's the tutorial mode is the thing first thing that's in the box. You play a game, you get something a little bit new. Yeah. Uh, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Yeah. 
that scaffolded that first- learning. I love it. Yes. Um, uh, um, um, this war of mine does that as well. Where, yeah. where, where, as you're introduced to the game, you're slowly introduced to rule sets. Right. And then once you understand the rule set, you open, you, you threshold and you open up an, a new rule set. So yeah, we've, I've, you and I have to get to this, to the table because I know you like Fury of Dracula. That's one of your faves. Yeah. And uh, not that this is going to replace it because that's a fantastic theme, but uh, I know you're, I know you're a graphics novel guy and I don't know if you've I've read any of this material, but I want to no. get my hands on this stuff just so I get a deeper understanding of what they're working with here. Yeah. I haven't read, I haven't had the, I, I have not <laughs> read the, uh, the source material here, but it has got me intrigued enough that I do want to actually want to go and, uh, like f- fetch it out and actually read it. Yeah. Uh, Jody from Amazing Stories has talked highly um, about this series. So that's, that's enough credibility for me right there even. Yeah. Well, and I talked to her as well. And she said in the graphic novel series, there's like six different ways you can read the book because uh, you read it like a regular one. And then on the edges there's writing on the edge of the frames of stuff and on the right on how the bindings. Se- yeah. And how many same, secrets, how yeah. many secrets in this game have you found? Yeah. And that's the same thing in the game itself is they, they adopted that whole groove, I guess, into the game. Cause there's, you remember, you remember in, in the, in the old days when we had those 3d red and red and blue glasses. Oh yeah. Right. They have that. Um, uh, they're using that kind of, uh, low-tech 3D stuff on the box. So you see all these kind of ghosted writings and you take one of the uh, one of the components, which ha- is a little disc that has that little red filter in it. And then you can put it on the box and you can start reading code and go into your phone and go to their site and unlock um, uh, add-ons for the game. That's so cool. And then, yeah, and there's like a PDF, I think two PDF files I found. And they're like, print it out, put it in a sleeve. There's another card for your game. And I just... I geeked out big time when I found that out. Oh man, that's that that's awesome. And, and apparently, also according to Jay and uh, Sen, that Matt was actually he also put other things into this game that they don't even know about. That's right. That, yeah. that they were even still discovering little Easter eggs. Uh, I think because uh, I follow them on Twitter, and they they started up a podcast about all the different things that you can find and all the different kind of secrets that they've been unlocking uh while while playing this game so if, if you're into this and, you, and you're starting to play mind management out there uh definitely go check out off the pages uh, uh twitter handle they have links to all of those podcast episodes so what i don't want to su- listen to it because i don't want to spoil it for myself so what we're suggesting for some people metaphorically is if you see that little piece of thread po- poking out just start pulling it and pulling it and pulling at it and pulling at it <laughs> But yeah, I totally, if this, if this kind of idea of a game, a hidden movement is up your alley, yes, go, go find a copy of this game and, uh, and give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Right you, on. you will not be disappointed. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, 
miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. And we're back. This time it's... It's the news. Oh, that was all. That was all. That was pretty good. Wow, that's very Muppet Show like, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know that wasn't half bad. Did someone You're, say bang? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't half bad. You're right. It was all bad. It was all bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was my so, favorite uh, one. <laughs> talk to us about some news, man. Cool. Um, so. Uh, Cruising the Twitterverse not too long ago, I came across not White Wizard Games, because they changed their names, but Wise Wizard Games. Yeah. The folks that have brought you, you know, little games like Star Realms I and Hero Realms. That one too. Well, they've got something coming to Kickstarter on November 16th, referred to as Hero Realms Dungeons. And so, yeah, we're getting more content for Hero Realms. Hero Realms is a fantastic um, deck building game, much mm. in the same vein as Star Realms, but with the fantasy theme on it. Yeah. And like, and so, but but what they've done with the Hero Realms um, uh, stuff is that they actually had those campaign boxes where you can play it cooperatively against yeah. like a big bad or cooperatively against the scenario which was really, really cool. I really loved that fact. It got Jen playing Star Realms, but Hero Realms, it got yeah. her playing it a little bit more. And so now they've got the Dungeons Kickstarter coming out. And the Dungeons set, it says here, is going to be an all-new 80-card market deck with nice. new character packs. Nice! Beautiful new game board. And an all-new... 12 encounter dungeon campaign. Oh, I'm twitching for one to five players, of course, because it's cooperative. Yeah. They're going to be cooperative. Um, that's really all they're really kind of saying. And you can go on to Wise Wizard Games um, webpage there. They got a YouTube video of him kind of showing off a couple things, but cool. It looks like it's really going to be coming to Kickstarter on November 16th. You're going to figure out a lot more there. I think I'm in because Hero Realms is fantastic. <laughs> I want to play with more unique decks and characters. Um, I want a new market deck, and I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with this 12 encounter dungeon campaign because the campaign modes yeah. that they have released have been really short, mm -hmm. usually about three scenarios, three yeah. or four scenarios type yeah. of thing. Um, this one looks like it's going to be more grandiose. They're going to really explore this. Uh, I don't know, maybe make it like a dungeon crawler. I don't know. It's all speculation at this point. You know, I think what I'm digging already about this, and I haven't clicked it yet, but um, that they're releasing it all at once where before it would come out in booster packs, right? Where the yeah. characters would come out and this. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But then you, that completionist in you is like, I didn't get the Ranger. The Ranger sold out, you know? Oh, that's why that's because you got to get it on the Kickstarter where you get them all at once <laughs> at a cheaper rate. Like this one, like <laughs> this one. 
Um, yeah, I haven't missed a Hero Realms Kickstarter yet. I'm probably not going to miss this one either. I'm going to be all in. I can't wait to see what they have. Uh, what's what's the what's the cost they're throwing around? I mean, well, they're, they're, we don't know yet. Oh, that's right. It has. Uh, I'm looking at. Oh, it has. But if it's anything, but if it's anything, it's probably. This looks sound a little bit more grandiose. So I'm going to expect this to be a little bit more. I'm going to probably put this probably about the. I'm going to put this at about. 50 American. Okay. 50 to 60 American. I'm going okay. to say that that's going to be the cost of, of, of this box. Let's make a footnote. We'll make a footnote and we'll see how. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to argue about that. Any kind of high fantasy kind of, kind of uh, dungeon diver. I'm in. I'm in. Yes. So Hero Realms, Dungeons, November 16th. So whenever this. When does this episode release again? I don't know. We always record ahead of time. Yeah. When this episode releases, it's going to be coming out the following Tuesday. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Okay, that's Hero Realms, Dungeons. Uh, what else has been happening here in the crowdfunding world? <laughs> a, a, a little, actually not a little. I'm, I'm already just, on just, the page right now, and I just saw I, how I, much it's It's, it's, it's still going out. up as I'm watching oh, it Oh, yeah, right me now. too. I'm like, hey, the, it's, I saw it moving. <laughs> yeah. With uh, five days to go, we got Marvel Dice Throne by Roxley Games. Yay. Currently on Kickstarter. When this episode releases, it will probably be the last day of the campaign. Yeah. 16,000 backers and... Oh, a 2.1 million Canadian. So that's probably like, tw- well, you know, they can retire now off the yeah. American dollar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But man, you introduced me to Dice Throne yes. a few years ago. And it was kind of like, hey, we took King of Tokyo, we jacked it full of steroids type of thing. We got that kind of that, what we call the quote unquote Yahtzee mechanism of the yeah. dice rolling. Yeah. But crazy superpowers going left, right, and center. There's some, there's some card play that's yeah. going on. You're building up these what combat points. Anyways, they've had a very successful Kickstarters in the past for Dice Throne Season One, Dice Throne Season Two. And I like what they did too when they when they because they had that big volume Season One, which is huge. And then they did that whole uh, uh, head on, like they'd have. Uh, artificer versus a sorcerer and they would just yeah. have yeah and and that way yeah. you didn't have to drop a whole bunch for for yeah uh, so what so, and it looks like looks like they're doing they're going to stay true to that format here on the kickstarter you can get this what they're referring to as the battle chest so you get everything <laughs> all at once <laughs> oh really you get everything all at once in a nice like the kickstarter exclusive packaging <sighs> Or you can wait till retail and just kind of like what you described, what you see on the shelves now, you can buy just like the one v one box or the yeah. one, the the starter kit type of thing. Um, but back to the, they put an IP on it this time, Marvel, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I'm really digging the characters that they chose. We got Miles Morales, Spider Man, not, not Peter at. Parker, Spider Man. Yeah. The coolest Spider-Man, which is Miles Morales Spider-Man. Yeah. Gotta have that. Scarlet Witch, probably one of my favorite characters from the Marvel Universe. Like, second to none, period. We got Thor, just because you gotta appeal to the Thor lovers, I guess. <laughs> He's my least favorite of the announced heroes. I, I, I'm kind of Thor. But it, it all depends out. what how they approach, like, his... his- 
is mechanics, right? Well, they, they probably did some focus groups. They yeah. probably did their little bit of research and said, yo, you got to have Thor. Yeah. I don't know anything. Uh, Black Widow, really, really kind of cool representation mm-hmm. there. Uh, oh, one of my yeah. favorite characters yeah. that's developed recently, Doctor Strange. Oh, my gosh. Love that. Love that, Doctor Strange. Loki yeah. was a yeah. great choice. Well, you got to ride the high off the Loki TV well, series. That yeah, came and on I mean, he's Plus. such a charismatic character, too. Even even yeah. if he's got that bent, he's still a very charismatic character. Yeah. Captain Marvel, probably my second least favorite character that they announced part of this. And Black Panther. This, you got to look at the art on Black Panther here. Nah, this I'm is a, scrolling this through is, this. This is, this is digging it. Yeah, I'm digging it. So I, I love. I'm liking the art style, the art style. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Dude, I don't know. I, I I can't see the credited artists. Yeah, off it's the star here, but it's um, but it's got that same dice thrown look. Yeah, to it crisp that that they that the other battle chests had on them. Uh, Eighty four American dollars gets you the limited edition battle chest. With the game trays inserts, all of the heroes, all of the things. <laughs> I just scrolled down to what you're describing and I'm watching it and it's like, oh, I want. <laughs> um, you can get a zinc metal Molnir hammer as a companion <laughs> token. <laughs> okay. As part of the limited edition. So uh, you're, never, you're not going to uh, get that anywhere else. Not saying that that's just a little over the top, but you know. <laughs> you know oh my gosh and then wow. then the add-ons the add-ons they are really cool you can get like the art sleeves so you can mm. sleeve each of the decks with the cards yeah i kind of just want these dr strange sleeves for my marvel champions uh, they, I, I was just thinking this artwork is is standout right i mean they uh they found a great artist to uh to to you know give their renditions of these characters and you can't stop there you got to have some neoprene oh my gosh these neoprene mats i want that doctor strange neoprene mat <laughs> <laughs> i'm digging this i'm digging the spider-man one i Spider-Man dig spider-man cool. hands down anyways um the scarlet witch one that one yeah. looks really kind of neat too yeah i really i really kind of like that one so um Oh, you can get a dice tray, one of those collapsible, collapsible dice trays. Snap, yeah, the corner snaps. Or you can get, they have the add-on bundle and save. <laughs> you get all the card sleeves, you get the dice tray, and you get two play mats. Now, but, but you get like the generic ones that say dice thrown on them yeah. and then have all the characters. Full meal deal. I, w- I really wish on that level they allowed you to pick which play mats you wanted. As yeah, part of that I, pledge level, that that would have been that would have yeah. been. Roxley, if you're listening to this, oh no, you're not going to be able to listen to this by the time the campaign ends. I better get it on the comments. Yeah, the future, the future people. If you're going to do a full meal deal, you just get the checkbox down. Yeah, but I mean, expediting this that must be insane too. So, I can't imagine they must have a reason for it. But I'm I'm. Have you clicked this thing yet? <laughs> I haven't, but <laughs> it's so. Like, okay, you do the Canadian conversion. It's a, is this a hundred dollar game norm for the whole thing? Like, 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 like it, so, so it is. So like 
the base pledge there, the limited edition pledge, battle chest, 84 American is $105. It's a $100 game. For eight it's a hundred dollar game. Okay. Well, here's the thing. The, the when you when you buy the small box that just has the two characters, that one's about like 30 to 40 bucks. So do the math. I'm like you get it. No, big- I I'm so so I'm I'm not arguing that you're gonna save money by buying it this time. Yeah. But I when I played it with you that time, I didn't feel like it was a hundred dollar game. Like I get there's the different characters. Yeah, it's kind of stuff. I think that's my big thing about this. I for us, I, I mean, I don't know for you, but for me at least, it was, it was, it's a Yahtzee game with a theme on it, and and we all know Yahtzee from it's like it's a set of dice. That's about it, right there. I mean, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so I see where you're going with this in regards to the 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 overhead and, right and of course and of course i had that marvel united one where i spent three hundred dollars on everything <laughs> <laughs> i just about made norm spit out his coffee <laughs> yeah i was gonna say uh i wouldn't stand outside with a rake during a thunderstorm with, with that statement <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh i really really want a bed i'll probably end up pledging by by this weekend <laughs> well yeah, I really do. I really think that Regan's starting to get into that. Uh, well, into there, this. yeah, there you go. Because that Yahtzee mechanism is so easy to to uh, um, evaluate, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and the and the play from what what I remember is their player boards were were very easy to uh, understand. The cards were very uh, intuitive in regards to you know what they did and how they did it. So yeah, yeah. Hi, if you like the content we're creating and the podcast episodes we're producing, please leave a happy rating on the podcast platform that you use. This would be such a great gift and would also help others find our podcast when they search for board game podcasts. And if you have the time, check out our new YouTube channel where we have new content every few days. Just search Bridge City Board Gamers on YouTube. Thanks, eh? And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to go into a topic, and we're we're doing the mechanics series. And uh, this time, it's uh, it's my turn, and I'm going to do, um, I, you know, let's say it together, Ryan. Sure. Let's cooperative games. <laughs> wow, that was all these was improv the- people are thinking. Don't give up. Yeah, don't give up your day jobs. Okay, yeah, we're doing cooperative games, and uh, I, I mean. Being a teacher, I always like to provide the context of what we're talking about before we get into the, you know, the essence of what we're talking about. So, if you uh, if if <laughs> if you're from the prairies, you know about co-ops. You know a lot about the co-op, um, but this <laughs> um, <laughs> but this cooperative idea is more of a uh, uh, so cooperative games are a form of play or sport in which players work with one another in order to achieve a common objective. The goal of a co-op game is to reduce emphasis on competition and increase emphasis on the social aspects of play or sport. There's no I in team, folks. There's no I in team. Yeah. Oh, but there is an M and an E. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
So, I mean, that's the essence. Um, Co-op games are, let's work together to achieve uh, a, a global goal. Um, and, uh, in mo and in most games, just about in all of them, um, you're working together, but there's always an element working against you. And it's usually the game that mm -hmm. is trying to uh, um, eliminate you. And not just one, but very, it's like the co-op is typically, here's one way to win and seven ways to lose <laughs> that that's essentially how it always yeah. feels like that i have to manage this and that and that have we even done anything to try to win this game no yeah. we're just micromanaging yeah. all these other little aspects oh and by the way how come uh how come george is getting attacked oh but yeah there's aliens out of land right so <laughs> um but before we get into the whole game part uh the uh the teacher and me um, I found a couple. I, I found a couple things to talk about in regards to um, the psychology uh, or the sociology um, uh, kind of perspective of of, co of cooperative games. And I pulled. I'm going to pull quick some excerpts from uh, the Value of Cooperative by Suzanne uh, Lyons, and um, uh, she talks about that the games offer a new way to play. And because tr traditionally we've had competitive games, always you know take that kind of thing. And uh, these in cooperative games, players don't compete against each other. Instead, they have a common goal. So players either win or lose together. And the fun comes from the camaraderie and the challenge of the game and not being the only player left standing when everyone else is eliminated. So that idea of elimination um, is, is a negative uh, that um, try, we try, th that the co-op game tries to lean away from. So no one's eliminated in co-op games. What is eliminated is, is the incentive to beat uh, others in order to distinguish oneself. And I like that idea of, of being able to raise each other in this mm -hmm. I is idea of so. Um, and then she, there's a couple other points where, I mean, uh, it's, it's always that discussion of competitiveness versus cooperation and where, where, what we learn from uh, working cooperatively uh, is is contributes to more success than if we are driven competitively, and um, I mean, there's always going to be argument to that, but why not why not lean into that a little bit rather than the competitive? So um, this last one is cooperative games motivate cooperation in another way. They show that working together is a uh, a practical necessity. Especially in today's complex world, we are interdependent. We need to cooperate to get things done. And I think how timely, how timely is this the meta yeah, of this the, episode when we're trying to work together to get out of this pandemic? Yeah, that's exactly in, why in, in, re, in real in real life. So kudos to the meta game here, here, Norm, because um, this is essentially what I'm establishing in my math classes. Uh, now as I'm doing this, it, it, it's not revolutionary teaching, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying, to build, yeah. I'm trying to build the community of the classroom and working together to solve problems rather yeah. than to try to solve problems independently anymore. And this yeah. is the way that I'm trying to change my classroom. So everything ever is so timely. Keep it going, Norm. Cool. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. 
Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Now, we can't talk about cooperative games without talking about one of the biggest problems. And Ryan, what is that? What do you, what do you think the big, one of the biggest problems is? Uh, me, myself, and I, <laughs> and I want to win the game. And what you are doing is not the most optimal thing on your turn. So why don't you just go ahead and do this now? Now, what do we call that? What do we call that? We oh, call yeah. that being an Aaron Rodgers. I mean, quarterbacking. <laughs> oh, and you know what? That was a, that was a little meta slam there. Cause Brian's a huge green Bay fan. So yeah. yeah quarterback. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Green Bay fan, not so much an Aaron Rodgers fan. <laughs> so quarterbacking, um, yeah, that's that term of telling everybody what they should be doing and how they should be doing it because you you know what's right. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much the the the, the definition of it. Now, um, in my research, uh, I've compiled a whole bunch. Like a lot of people saying, there's fixes to that, and there, and so I've put it into kind of three categories of ways that designers have attempted to. Uh, um, remove this quarterbacking thing, and we'll go, we'll we'll later on talk about games uh, as we as we talk about cooperative games. We'll, we'll refer to them as oh, this is this type and that type kind of thing. But um, the one big thing is uh, controlling communication. Uh, only allow certain filtered restraints to communications, uh, all the way to uh, no communication with any player. Um, now, uh, where my first experience with this was uh, uh, Gloomhaven where you can't really tell the person what your initiative is, but you can, yeah, you're not supposed to tell them. Say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not looking too agile on this round. Right. I mean, you, you can allude to it. Right. Yeah. Um, I've not played Hanabi, but they say that Hanabi is very much that it's it's very much that exact same thing where you're trying to communicate, um, what cards because this is the game where the cards you are you have a hand of cards but you don't know what they are because you're you folding them. them yeah and what you're trying to do is you're trying to convey information to the other player to the player holding the cards what do they actually have because what yeah. you're trying to do is play down the cards in sequence yeah and so what you're trying to say is hey these two cards in your hand they're green yeah or these three cards in your hand they're they're valued at two and so you're trying to, that's the only type of thing now. Now there's a lot yeah. of games that you just hit that idea with the cards. Um, the game, the mind, uh, those are all cooperative games where there is like no communication. And also I haven't played it. I own it, but the crew is mm-hmm. a, is a cooperative trick taking game where you can't communicate what you have you, but there's limited things you can say. So that's yeah, that one limited, idea. Yeah. I, I like the crew idea because there's a token where you can play a card down on the table and tell by where you put this token, you're telling the players, Hey, this is either my highest valued card. This is my lowest valued yeah. card. This is the only card yeah. of that suit. That restrained again, communication the, is cool. The, the restrained communication. Um, another way is uh, to control the information where each player is able to control um, and conceal certain aspects of information as to uh, not allow all players to know everything. And one that falls into this one is that whole hidden trader game. Um, and I mean, but, but there's other ones too, where, where uh, you, um, you, you are able to have some agency on your 
perspective of the game. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that that hasn't been implemented a lot, but I see it coming out, especially like I said with this with the hidden trader games where like uh, Camelot, mm -hmm. right? We're all working together, but there's somebody in there that has this weird, yeah, thing now, going now, on. Well, once we introduce the hidden trader game part of this whole yeah it's a cooperative game but now you've introduced the co the competitive thing which is not what you want yeah but in but, a cooperative game so it's an interesting yeah. blend of the cooperative and the competitive um i liked i like the hidden trader games where there is the possibility yeah of being at of there being a trader not there is now a trader amongst us i would you know i would also say that the crew could be in this control information because you're holding your hand yeah. of information and you're controlling what's coming out at and at what point so i would say the crew could kind of fit in this in in this idea of controlling the information and the last one is control player attention i uh, have each player immersed in their own decision making process that there is no time to alpha game and the the best one i popped in my head was spirit island you mm -hmm. have so much going in front of you there and, and it's like you know the the rounds and the the uh the the turns happen fast and you have no time there is well, no time the, 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 the turns should happen fast yeah yeah <laughs> there you go let's, let's, let's put a pin in that one because there's 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 been times where i'm there's times that i'm staring at my boards i'm like <laughs> I have no, I, I know what I want to do, but I don't know if I can make it happen. And I'm trying to math out the possibilities. The Spirit Island is a very good example of trying to eliminate the quarterbacking issue. There is going to be that guy at the table that says, you need to take care of the invaders in this game. Yeah. And you'll be like, I can I can only do what I can do. Yeah. Now, now that was like the third point of the research I had with the fixes. But another fix I think that we kind of talked about uh, at school um, is that uh, with cooperative games, the quarterbacking isn't the problem. It's the player personality that's mm -hmm. the problem. And and I think it it comes down to if you're going to play cooperative games. Just understand who you're playing a game with, and if if they're right. if they're a take take over the whole thing personality, go go play a solo game while we work on this cooperative um, puzzle together. Because you nailed it on the head. The cooperative games is not for every game group, yeah. and you you definitely have to know the people that you're playing the game with, and there has to be that collective understanding. Yeah, that it, hey, it's my turn. I control what's going to happen in the game during my turn. If I want help, I may ask yeah. for it. Yeah. But don't you just be saying, um, um, look at London. London's got three cubes on it. You got to yeah. take care of London. Let me figure that out. Let See, me figure that out. My my biggest filter is uh, if there's if I recognize an individual that they're the type of the player that that will will refuse to make a single slight error i don't want to play mm. a co-op game with you i have no interest in playing a co-op game with you because that's yeah. not the are essence you, of playing are a co -op you game. so immersed with yourself yeah you have to win 100 of the time yeah like what is wrong with these kind of kind of yes you play games to win yeah but you but also play experience games. 
yes, you have to play games for the social aspect, yeah. the learning aspect, the puzzle solving yeah. aspect. Yes, I want to do well, but please don't ruin my experience by not letting me play yeah. the game as well. Like, yeah. get these people out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go go learn how to act. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, learn how to act right. I, and I threw down some other potential problems. So, and 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 some of these problems aren't a malicious or personality thing. The first one is there's a disparity in knowledge. Some people are don't know the game at all, and some people mm -hmm. have played the game 50 times. When a card comes out, you could just see the brain going, okay, okay, and they're mathing out, like you had said. So that disparity in knowledge, that can be a big uh, um, a hit to having yeah. difficulty with the game. The second one, disparity in ability. Some people just suck at games, right? And they just, <laughs> like you said, they're here to just have fun and and be a part of, of this social experience. Uh, so... Yeah, their their agenda is way different than other yeah. people's agendas, right? Maybe maybe logic problems are not their forte. Yeah, and isn't isn't like cooperative games really just like a huge logic puzzle of like what's the next most optimal thing that I need to be able to do for the collective good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another one uh, that again, <laughs> pride. This is where pride comes in. Is that publicly nobody likes to make mistakes <laughs> nobody likes right? to show error in their judgment so that's sometimes people will just shut down and be like well do something i don't want to do anything because if i do a, if i make a mistake this whole table will be on me right so yeah, that's do, my you don't want to play with those people yeah <laughs> you don't want to play you don't want yeah. to play with those if you if you are sitting down at a table and you are afraid to make a mistake because what other players are going to say to you get up and go find another mm -hmm. game group which right leads, now, which leads into that last one is that you're not the spotlight of the game. If you have to be the spotlight of the game, then don't be part of the game. Right. Um, so that's, I, I think when I did my research on that, that was the, 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 the front side, that was the tail to the snout of it. In my opinion, when it comes to co-op games, that bottom line, it, it comes, it's a co-op game. It's a social game. So, mm -hmm choose your social environment selectively right and if you have not played cooperative games with your group or anything like that play a cooperative game and you get to really know people really quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a reason why stay in your lane man yeah there's, there's a reason why uh companies like to use cooperative games in their team building exercises they're really showing you who's who yeah. and what is everybody bringing to the table? Like everybody's well, going to bring a unique skill set. Yeah. Well, I mean, the games. biggest game that everybody is aware of that they're not aware of is as far as co-op goes is survivor. Mm. Right. Cause they're working cooperatively, but they're still working competitively. Right. Um, so yeah. It, it, yeah. You just go to the game to understand who you're going to sit down at a co-op game with, I think is the first thing is, is yeah. Yeah. But how about some games? Let's talk about know, some yeah. games. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, is there anything else? It's just like, I'm just, I'm just rewinding going all the, <laughs> I got caught in a moment of rewinding of all the bad experiences I've had playing co-op games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So beware if anybody at your game table is named Richard. <laughs> yes, because they could act like a Richard. That's for sure. Um, uh, I, I apologize to every single Richard that's listening to this show right now. Oh, yeah, my, you're wonderful I, folk. You know what? And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit okay with it because uh, my middle brother is named Richard and uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a brotherly thing. Um, so I, uh, I generated very easily. Uh, I went to BGG and I, uh, 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 created a list of co-op games that you and I get to pick up. Uh, now for me as a solo gamer, when I see the word co-op, I immediately think, Hey, it's a co-op game, which can be played solo, right? You just have to play all the characters. And sometimes if you have enough caffeine, it can be done easy. So, and yeah. So here's an interesting stat. 21 of the top 100 games on BGG are cooperative games. One in five. Oh, One in wow. five games on the BGG top 100 are cooperative in, in nature in some form or another. That's an amazing stat. People love cooperative games well the first one i mean you you introduced you talked well, about number one two yeah. number one and two are the are cooperative games and they're the most popular things gloomhaven and pandemic legacy season one yeah now one two on board game geek now they're they're to me they're distinctly different co-op games because to me oh, pandemic yeah. pandemic is the poster child of the quarterbacking game and um, Gloomhaven is is that limited information um, type of co-op game. And uh, yeah, yeah. One of my bad experiences was with Pandemic with someone who did not like to even make a 0.05% error in anybody's decisions. And basically mm -hmm. everybody sat back and watched them play the game because no one wanted to be right. rude. But, right. you know, I, I have no problems being rude anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So my number one favorite game of all time, Arkham Horror, the card game is a cooperative game. And this one kind of sits a little bit because there, there can be quarterbacking issues mm -hmm. as in there's could be somebody saying, okay, we need to do this. You need to do that and everything. But ultimately it also has that spirit Island feel where like, I've got my hand of cards. I know what I can do. Yeah. I've got my tableau to manage. Yeah um issue um i'm going to deal with things that i can deal with you have to deal with things we're going to have to try to work together like yeah hey we're going to have to synchronize gonna, at some point yeah, yeah. i'm going to make a suggestion that i think that i can take care of the monster mm -hmm. so if you want if you want to go hightail it over to that location yeah that's okay that's the kind of but that's the cooperative nature that you want to and have that's that have. strategic uh, you know interplay yeah absolutely um yeah and it even also has that you can help each other out if you're in the same location. I can commit cards from my hand to your skill checks yeah. to help boost you. Well, and I mean, thing. on the same parallel thing is, uh, I really, I'm digging this one, Marvel Champions, the card mm -hmm. game, uh, which is, I mean, kind of the same DNA as what you just talked about. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm having so much fun with this game because it's, I mean, is, isn't that what superhero stuff is? Is a cooperative game? You should let's, be working together. Let's all yes. work together to fight the bad guys. So yeah, I I like that game a lot. Yeah, which was my big qualms with Marvel Legendary, 
is that why did they have to introduce the point system? Like, mm-hmm. hey, I beat a, it's the Gimli and Legolas thing from Lord of the Rings on the movies where it's like, I got 102. I killed 103. That one counts as two. Yeah. 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 I don't, I never understood they, why they introduced that aspect. It should have just been a 100% pure cooperative game from the get-go. Marvel Champions, great aspect. Again, I've got so much stuff that I'm managing and that you've got to manage. We can communicate saying, hey, I can thwart yeah. This turn, I, I can take care of the scheme. If you want to deal damage, go for it. But if you want to take care of some thwarting, yeah, just, just know that I can do like again, we're giving good examples of what the communication should exactly. look like. Exactly. What it should look like. Um uh yeah. Um I'm just scrolling down. I mean this I've mentioned it before, Spirit Island. Um uh it's a fantastic solo game, but when you get into the co-op is you just keep expanding that chunk of a map and the island just gets bigger the more players there are. And, and that introduces that idea of there can't be any alpha gaming because there's just too much in front of you to, to worry about. I mean, there's no, yeah. your brain would explode if you tried to process everybody else's board, right? And, right. and the fact that there's cards, right? So there's, there is that kind of um, um, withheld information as well. So that one, that one hits on, on, uh, on a lot of positive uh, notes for me when it comes to co-op games. Here, here's one that doesn't get talked about a lot lately because it's starting to, it's starting to become a little bit of an older game. Mechs versus Minions is an <laughs> interesting cooperative game because really what you have to do on your turn, the only time that there's a quarterbacking that could possibly come up is when you do have to draft your cards. Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, that might be a good card for you. Let me... D- because essentially, I'm going to have to take a card. I'm going to have to put it in my tableau. And then now it's part of my program. Yeah. This is what I have to do. I've programmed my robot, my, <laughs> me, my, my, my mech here to do these things. You can't tell me what to do. This is exactly what it's going to happen. Yeah. I've thought about this. You have not. <laughs> yeah. So mechs versus minions is kind of an interesting one because really you draft cards to put into your tableau to execute a program. <laughs> Yeah, there's little you can't you can't. Nope, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, there's that's there's what the no, robot wants to do. There's no subjective interpretation. <laughs> exactly. X equals eight. It doesn't equal four. It equals eight. We can't argue <laughs> that point. Um, I'm gonna bring up not a particular game. I, I'm gonna start off with a particular game, but then I'm gonna introduce the concept of uh, what it struck in my head, but. Um, the games like Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective or uh, Chronicles of Crime or even the exit kind of games where as a group, there is a, uh, uh, a puzzle, a conundrum, a, uh, uh, and, and, and not just, you know, um, oh, you know, it, it, let's try to solve this. It is imperative from a game point of view. It's imperative that this solution be solved in 60 seconds or 60 minutes, right? Um, I, th- I think that um, the the exit kind of games has introduced a really dynamic flavor to co-ops with that idea of time. Like, mm-hmm. how fast can you do this? Yeah, and it's always, the, the, there can be a quarterback issue because there could be the guy or the girl in the group that is just the puzzle person. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm going to take the book from everybody and I'm going to read it. Like, don't be that person. Yeah. Um, We've had at times with exit where there's like a puzzle 
and somebody, <clears throat> it might have been me, <laughs> that just you know just take just takes the components and puts them in front of themselves and starts fiddling, and everybody else at the table is like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> can we be part of that too? And we, and I forget. I'm like, "Oh right, yeah, yeah. That we should be solving this together." Type. You of were thing. being that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sometimes escape rooms types games they lend themselves well to cooperative because there's always different types of puzzles. Are you a kinesthetic? Yeah. Is it more of a word puzzle? Is it kind of like that? Everybody brings their own things to the table. So yeah, those, those, I call them puzzle solver games. Those are good cooperative stuff. Um, I noticed that a lot of cooperative games are these like grandiose adventure. I'm just noticing that like the, the dungeon divers and the uh yeah we got lord of the rings journeys in middle earth we've got tainted grail descent the um, new descent, descent that came out yeah, yeah yeah mansions of madness um i mean in that whole genre too like imperial assault um mm-hmm. uh uh now i've not played these before but the zombicide games um i i those are those are co-op aren't they basically yeah. it's like a uh, yep. I, not necessarily tower defense, but let's out let's survive like outlast the zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we could, um, now again, you can't you can't like we, we talked about with uh, with uh, Rob Davio that some designers are immediately plugged into uh, a certain type. Now Matt Leacock uh, with the whole. I mean, not even the pandemic stuff, but the forgotten stuff, forgotten island, forgotten uh, desert. Uh, and what's the other one? Forgotten skies or something, something like, like that. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that one, now again, that one has could have quarterbacking issues because it models that pandemic engine, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one here, I skipped ahead here. This is one that... The, the time pressure of the game doesn't uh, allow for quarterbacking with five minute dungeon or oh, five yeah. minute Marvel. Yeah. Like you have five minutes to solve this and everybody's just throwing cards left, right and center. And you're screaming at each other. Why did you play that? I was going to play that. We didn't have time to make the decision and have a discussion. Yeah. We got to do this in five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Five minute dungeon is a great, is a great cooperative game where it's, this, it, it was designed that, yeah, you can have some communication, but don't don't waste your time because talking. you you will you will fail. That will be your that will be the uh, the failure yeah. token. Yeah, Absolutely. no, that's a good pick. Um, uh, I was just kind of scrolling down here. Um, uh, uh, do, 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 where is it? Aeon's End. I always talk about Aeon's End. It's one of my favorite deck builder games, and uh, this takes that deck builder game and turns it into a co op. Uh, hmm. Not necessarily dungeon diver, more of like a tower defense. But the tower is the town that uh, that you're that you're protecting from these boss monsters and the minions coming in. And uh, that one, that one, you, again, it's that whole withhold withheld information because you can't really quarterback because you don't know what the person's holding in their hand. And when they play it, they're looking at the market and they're looking at spells that they're getting charged up. And a lot of the times too is um, part of their characters will, they're rewarded for um, synchronizing with other characters. Like, oh, I see that you're doing this. Guess what? I'm going to do this and it'll make yours even better, right? Mm-hmm. I like those games where you can buff uh, each, each other's potential in the game. 
Uh, and that's that's one of them that I you haven't you've not played this before. I got to get you a, a, a version of this because yeah, yeah you, no, you'd like yeah, this one. Yeah, I just haven't. Um, I've got a dexterity cooperative game. <laughs> oh no, flip ships. Oh yeah, you're working together. You got to try to beat the scenario as the alien ships are coming towards you. You're flicking your discs. Space Invaders. Let's just say it. (laughs) Yes, it's Space Invaders, the game. And you're flicking the ships. And maybe somebody's really good at, hopefully you have somebody on your team that's really good at flicking the far disc and somebody's really good at doing the short range um, disc flicking. I've got to really be careful with my words here. Yes, be very articulate. Articulation, articulation. We were trying that unique New York. Um, okay. uh, Daniel's really was really good at, at like letting them rip at the mothership, but mm. to land them on the ones coming down, he would just be like, "No, I'm going for the hail mary every time. You take care of these, okay?" <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we had rules. We we took on rules, kind of thing. Yeah, you, you, yeah you you can't quarterback. You yeah. can't quarterback. You can just give suggestions like, man, if you can take care of these guys that are really low behind, like right in front of us here, that'd be great. But <laughs> um, the uh, the one that just popped in my head about the some withheld information uh, is Black Orchestra. I've talked lots about this game, and that's that whole idea of uh, planning the assassination of Hitler. And uh, um, you're all cooperatively working together. You've got your own stuff to deal with. So there's a lot of that focus on your own thing. Uh, but what is really interesting about the, the withheld information is that uh, in certain points of the game, you can, you can be uh, so suspicious that the Gestapo picks you up, puts you in jail, then you have to take a card you, by yourself, look at it and pick an option and then put the card away and not tell the group what, you're, what you've picked and then you have to continue your play. And it's not like you're purposefully being malicious. It's just at those choices you had, how can we still win this game? But I have to pick these choices. And one of these choices could be bad. I might look at your, your, some of your specialty cards and go, Hey, those two really good cards. I'd like to see them, please. Thank you. I'm giving them to the Gestapo so I can go free. And you, uh, uh, okay, sure. We have to, we have to pick ourselves up from that point kind of thing that I thought that was a really um, unique uh, approach to that hidden information part in a co-op game. Cool. Now, one thing about cooperative games that I know that you really love, that they're all soloable. If you if you want yeah. to be the quarterback, just play go, them by yourself. Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> you, you, you can control multiple characters all the time. And that's why a lot of these dungeon divers, I think, is a possible popular cooperative genre because people like just like to play it by themselves. We're going to play out the narrative mm-hmm. by yourselves and stuff like that. So, so yeah, on on, oh. on some on these lists, like what uh, what are how about this one? What are some games on on this list of cooperative games uh, that you've not played that that intrigue you? Oh my gosh. Okay. I got to go back. Cause I went a little bit, I went a little bit ahead. I just wanted to see what was kind of like a little bit going on here. Uh, internet speed is picking up here. Um, I have magic maze. Have you ever played magic maze? Yeah. We had have that magic one. maze. I had that one and I lent it to somebody that's that, that game hits perfectly on the idea of you can't talk because when you're doing the game, you can't talk. 
yeah, at all. That's the whole point of the game. But there are certain points in the game where you can stop and you have a timer and go, you get to this point, okay, everybody can talk, and you flip the timer. And it's not that you can talk and quarterback because that timer's ticking away, and that's one way that you can lose the game. Um, that one is frenetic, absolutely frenetic. So if you, if you like uh, uh, just insanity, I would say pick up Magic Maze because that, that game is so much fun. Yeah. Um, this is one I have played. I'm not sure if you have played, but Escape, Curse of the Temple. I've not played, but I know the game totally. All your watching. actions are dictated by you have a set of dice. Yeah. And you roll your dice, and those are the actions you can take. You can use them to progress yourself forward through the temple. Um, sometimes you have to lose a dice because it rolled to a certain side. You get locked out, and somebody has to come around and eventually have to unlock your dice for you as you are all trying to get out of the temple in a timed format again. But uh, that's always an interesting one because all your actions are dictated uh, dictated by the rule of a dice. Cool. Yeah. And, and it looks insane because the, you can get cursed oh, and stuff like that where it's crazy. Where yeah. You, you can get cursed where you can't talk. You, or have, you have to, to be on one foot or something. You have bizarre. to use one hand. Yeah. Or yeah. if, if a dice rolls off the table, it's gone for good. Don't <gasps> you can't, you can't have it anymore. Okay. Type of cool. Things. Yeah. It's, it, it, that one's pandemonium. Now here's one you had, but you got rid of. And uh, I mean, I love the IP um, and it's nemesis. Uh, so it's a co-op game to a certain point because that certain point, that's where that hidden information is because sometimes the wind there's condition there's right at that stuff. last second Right. And yeah. uh, if you know going into the game that that game, that's part of the game, fantastic. Because yeah. throughout the whole game, you are you are going to skeptically look at everybody and every decision they make and go, yes, this was good for the group. But was it good for you more? <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. that's I, an interesting I bet, approach. And you probably mentioned that there's probably people screaming at the podcast. He got rid of Nemesis. Yeah. FYI. I traded my nemesis for a complete Imperial <laughs> Assault collection. So I won that trade. <laughs> yeah, you were quite proud of the of the significance of the uh, representative dollar value that you exchanged with this individual. Yeah, one for one got nemesis for Imperial Assault complete collection. Nothing missing. High fives. <laughs> High fives. Um, uh is there anything else you want to talk on this list? Because I think we've, I think, I think we've, we've pretty exhausted much we're, we're, this one around a bit. Anything else we at this point that we bring up, we're going to be just rehashing the exact same yeah. narrative of just don't be that person that controls the whole game. Let everybody have a good experience. Yeah. Um, do the Dungeons and Dragons game master approach and just have everybody have a good experience. Yeah. Yeah, in the game, and if it's their first time playing a cooperative game, or their their first time playing that game, let them explore. Don't withhold rules on them. No, yeah, Don't play the game rules. as it's supposed to be played, and yeah. and 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 um and the spirit of the game is work together, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, because there's so many times like so a cooperative game that we've been playing, Marvel United. I'm letting Regan make mistakes. I'm sitting there having to sit on my hands because I'm like, 
there's such a more optimal thing that you can do, but he's like, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to punch this guy. <laughs> of course, because you're six years old. <laughs> but what's our goal of the, I, sometimes I ask him that, what's our goal of the game? Beat up the bad guy. How do we get there? And then it was like, I, I have to bite my tongue at that point because like, just let him go have fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? To wrap up this episode, I want to repeat one of the uh, the the phrases from uh, the research I did, um, and uh, that is, especially in today's complex world, we are interdependent. We need to cooperate to get things done, and I think uh, everybody should play a co-op game properly once in a while and uh, and learn how how much better things can be if we all focus in the same direction. So what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, no, absolutely. Once you can play one of these games and to really, like I said, I made a joke about it, but learn about the people that you're playing with. That's, that's a huge, um, a lot of life lessons can come out of playing cooperative games or just doing things cooperatively. And if we can learn how to do that through a game, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. That, that's a transferable skill that you can take to your workplace or you can take to school. You can take anywhere as long as you know how to, essentially what's the theme of the show is how to act right. <laughs> so, you know what, as you're saying this, I, I'm just inspired to go watch some Mr. Rogers right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening and, uh, and uh, you know, being a part of uh, the cool hobby that we're trying to promote. And uh, I'm your host, Norm. I'm Barney. I mean, Ryan. <laughs> and we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, guild number 3039.